With the season inching its way closer, we are going to discuss the realistic expectations for the Louisville men's basketball team this year, along with some more possible recruiting news. Stay tuned. You are Locked On Louisville, your daily podcast on the Louisville Cardinals. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, what's going on, everyone? Welcome in to another episode of the Locked On Louisville Podcast. I'm your host, Dalton Pence. I serve as a credential media member for Cardinal Sports Zone. I also do some PA announcing work for the university in various sports. I want to take this time to personally thank you all for making us your first listen of the day. And just a reminder, the Locked On Louisville Podcast is free on all streaming services five days a week, your team, every day. Um, with the season... Still a couple months away, um, it, it seems like it's been kind of the topic of discussion for the past couple months. I'm going to answer that question personally in terms of what are the realistic expectations for the Louisville men's basketball team in year one under head coach Kenny Payne. Uh, we will then discuss um, the Cardinals trying to get into the mix for um, Purdue decommitment Dre Gibbs-Lawhorn. And then in the final segment, we will dive into the weekly mailbag. So uh, we'll start out with the realistic expectations. And I think that this has kind of been a debate that a lot of Louisville fans have been going back and forth on really ever since Kenny Payne um, stepped into this role. Um, but it's really kind of dominated conversations since um, probably, probably about a month and a half ago when Tyrese Hunter ended up uh, – opting to go to Texas. The Amani Bates saga ended w with him in, I believe it was Eastern Michigan. Um, ultimately, Louisville not necessarily getting any of the top transfers that they were kind of, um, you know, in the running for outside of Brandon Huntley Hatfield. And, um, you know, to make a long story short, there, there's a good portion of the fan base that really is – is a little concerned um, because of the scholarship numbers that we have filled for this upcoming season. And then there's another side of the fan base that is, um, you know, basically operating under the lines of let's just see how it plays out. Um, you know, it, it's not the end of the world. Um, I think that both sides of the table bring some valid points to this argument. Number one, let me go ahead and tell you, I think that, my realistic expectation for this team, year one under Kenny Payne, is simply to make the NCAA tournament. That's where I'm sitting at for a team coming off of a 13-19 and 19 record, 11th in the ACC this past season. Um, they were two games out of being in dead last. Uh, they lost a good amount of the players from last year, which take it as you will. Sometimes it's addition by subtraction. Sometimes you're losing some pretty solid players. Um, but even with the, uh, big amount of losses, there is only so much, um, you know, coming into the program with, uh, Devin Rhee and Kamari Lance, uh, two true freshmen. You have Mike James coming off of injury, a uh, freshman last year that was poised for a solid year. Um, and then you have Tennessee transfer Brandon Huntley Hatfield. Um, so you're adding players that you are banking on, being able to come in immediately and, and produce. So 
I put it this way, I don't want to make expectations to be too high to where it's almost unrealistic and it's not fair to this group, but I also don't want to be disrespectful and say, yeah, I think that they're going to finish bottom two or three in the conference. They're going to miss the tournament again because I don't necessarily think that with this group. I think that they're going to make the tournament. Um, I am uh, quite, um, I guess you could say I am... Um, quite under the belief that this team is going to have a very, very solid offseason. Last year, it seems like whatever could have went wrong went wrong, right? Um, guys were maybe playing out of position. The team struggled to try to find their identity on offense and defense all season long, things of that nature. There were um, outside distractions with, um, you know, uh, former assistant coach Dino Gaudio, um, you know, so on and so forth. Guys not necessarily getting along in the locker room. Whatever it may be, um, there are a lot of faces from last year's team that are no longer with, with the program. You know, either graduation, if they were uh, grad transfers or seniors, or if they just transferred out. There's a lot of um, playing time to go around, and this is a uh, a rotation that's probably going to be relatively small. There's only nine scholarship players, um, maybe 10, depending on if they put Hersey Miller on scholarship. Um, I don't necessarily know the status of Fabio Basili. Even if he were to join the program, I don't necessarily think that it changes my outlook all that much because we're talking about a player that who is currently not ranked um, – uh, in, in his respective class, if he were to reclassify, I know that uh, people have been saying that he is an under the radar type of prospect. And look, I get that. I, I think that um, you know he's hit a little bit of a growth spurt. Played very solid AAU ball. He is um, you know good friends with Mike James, um, and who speaks very highly of him as well. You know a solid ball handler that seemingly has uh, you know a, a solid future in terms of uh, solid you know development and progression of his skill set. So I'm not saying that he wouldn't be able to come in and have some type of an impact, but I, I think that he's more of a project type player, um, but needless to say, a ball handler. And I think that when you look at maybe the concerns for next year's team, yes, you look at um, – you know, some of the issues from last year, some of the issues, um, you know, that, that have popped up from last year, my concerns are, okay, it, it, maybe it's not necessarily as big as it was last year. So who's the number one score on this team? You know, it needs a number one score. I think that either L or Sydney, L Ellis or Sydney Curry is going to be able to step into that role. I feel very, very confident in that. Um, I, I like to think that Kenny Payne's going to have a little bit more of a structure offensively and defensively especially when you talk about Danny Manning and um you know um Nolan Smith being on the staff as well very very solid in terms of player development so I, I feel confident in you know a, a solid off season of work where guys are you know getting better and, and we're getting a little bit more structured on on both sides of the ball to where you know that might have taken away some of the losses last year maybe we're sitting at 500 um yes the the scholarship numbers yeah, you're. I mean, you're one to two. Unfortunately, you're one to two injuries away from things getting really, really challenging. So I do get that. That's one of the concerns that I have. Um, ball handlers as well. You know, you do need um, guys that can step in and facilitate the basketball. Look, L. Ellis is a point guard. No matter how many times people want to call him a shooting guard, L. Ellis is a point guard, and he's going to show you that this season. Um, 
But the question remains is who is the backup point guard behind L? Um, just because you can handle the ball does not necessarily make you a point guard. So I'm interested to see um, if Kenny Payne um, – there, there's essentially, in my opinion, two ways you can go about that. Maybe you have guys that um, are, are pretty solid at facilitating, like Devin Ree, like Kamari Lance. Maybe they come in. Mike James is another player that I, I think that could just maybe spend some time at the one. Um, or you have guys like you know Sidney Curry and Brandon Huntley Hatfield who pass very very well for big men, and they have a very solid high low game when there's two big men on the court. Um, both of those guys, solid passers for their size, so maybe they're playing through the high post and kind of dishing it out to shooters. So there, there's a lot of possibilities there. So the, the the concerns for me and why I don't want to go too high are, yes, the scholarship numbers because, you know, it is a long season and you're banking on a very, very solid bill of health. Um, you're also banking on these, you know, a lot of these guys developing pretty substantially uh, heading into the season um, to definitely be able to take that next step. And also, you know, maybe the lack of, of um, lack of point guards. But like I said, you're playing a, you know, a bigger lineup. You have a guy like L. Ellis who's bound for stardom. That, that kind of turns into the strengths of why I think the expectation needs to be for this team to make the tournament. Number one, it's Louisville basketball. And, and regardless of you know the past or, or whatever you may um, you know kind of fall back on, this team has talent. L. Ellis and Sidney Curry are two all ACC caliber players. Um, you know they have a year of high. Power Five Division One basketball under their belts. I'm very, very excited for them. I'm excited for a year of instruction and coaching for Jalen Withers because I think that the talent is there. If you can get him back to close to redshirt freshman level or maybe even beyond, I mean, we're talking about a completely different basketball team if Jalen Withers is is is, a, is the player that he was the year prior. Uh, Brandon Huntley-Hadfield, I think, is going to take the next step forward uh, with some more, um, you know, with, with some more time in a college, um, you know, Development program uh, because of I think that he has all the you know the skill sets to be very very solid on both ends of the court. So you know you have a player like that. I, I think that those four guys form a very very solid nucleus uh, of what you're you're looking at. Kamari lands by all accounts. It seems like he's really really excelling. Um, you know early on to where you're going to see him as an immediate impact guy. But I think that. The ceiling of this team is going to depend on you know the guys coming off the bench like uh, JJ Trainer, Roosevelt Wheeler, Mike James, Devin Ree, all younger guys that have yet to truly leave their mark, but all have the talent to be very, very you know significantly involved. I think that Devin Ree is probably going to be more of a rotational shooter in this um, you know, in this rotation. A guy that comes in is kind of maybe a, a secondary or tertiary ball handler, or a spot up shooter from the corner. Um, you have Mike James, who I feel like the sky is the ceiling. He just got cleared. He is coming off of a Achilles injury, which is one of the more tricky injuries in sports, but nonetheless very talented. And then you have two uh, big men, and JJ Trainer and Roosevelt Wheeler, who I think that if you're in term, if you're looking to get developed on both ends of the court as a big man, Kenny Payne and Danny Manning are definitely the duo to get your get you to where you want to be. Uh, so ultimately, um, you know, I think that getting to the tournament is the realistic expectation. I just because I'm not saying that they should go higher doesn't mean that I'm disrespecting any of these guys. I'm trying to, you know, 
keep it to where I'm looking at this from a clear-cut and unbiased perspective. But I'm also not going to sit here and act like this isn't a, a very, very talented squad that the Cardinals do have. And, and despite you know maybe some of the concerns, I still think that they're going to get to the NCAA tournament. So um, obviously we will continue to talk about basketball throughout, not as much you know, as we get closer to September simply due to the fact that football will be in the full swing of things, but um, obviously with any big news we will discuss. So uh, moving right along, um, a recent four-star decommitment from a Power 5 program has been reached out to by the Louisville Cardinals. We will discuss what Dre Gibbs-Lawhorn could bring to the Cardinals program and the possibility of him joining the program in the 23 class. Here in just a second after we talk about our friends over at LinkedIn. As you gear up for fall, you need the right people on your team to help your small business fire on all cylinders. LinkedIn Jobs is here to make it easier to find the people you want to talk to faster and for free. You can create a free job post in seemingly minutes on LinkedIn Jobs to reach your network and beyond to the world's largest professional network of over 810 million people. I've met countless amount of very, very um, qualified colleagues um, in their respective fields that have landed solid jobs um, in very, very, um, you know, solid companies with great reputations. So, you know, the, there's no there's no brainer here. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Excuse me. Did you know that every week nearly 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn? Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnCollege. That's LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnCollege to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Four-star combo guard Dre Gibbs-Lawhorn decommitted from Purdue just this past week, the 48th best player in the 2023 class, according to the 24-7 Sports Composite, um, received a ton of interest from a handful of programs. Travis Graff of Rivals, um, who's a national recruiting analyst, tweeted out that the um, Four-star combo guard has heard from Gonzaga, Pittsburgh, Texas, Villanova, NC State, Memphis, Indiana, Utah, and the Louisville Cardinals. So, um, seamless to say, this is a interesting situation because Louisville has its work cut out for them in this um, recruitment because you know, a player that is from the Indiana area, I do believe, Obviously, with Purdue still in the mix, you have a team like Indiana. Um, he has friend, I, I believe he has friends that uh, play at Indiana or is committed to Indiana. But there are some ties to the Hoosiers program. Obviously, Purdue still around in the mix. Gonzaga seems like a team that would be tough to to fight off here. I've heard Michigan State, if they were to get involved, um, it would be interesting because I believe he's got a friend that is committed to the Spartans program, but they are kind of log jammed at the guard position in that respective recruiting class. So it's kind of yet 
to be determined whether or not Tom Izzo is going to truly prioritize him. But for the Louisville Cardinals, um, Gibbs Lawhorn does play, or did play, I should say, this past previous AAU circuit with Caleb Glenn, the current Cardinals commitment on the Indy Heat, now at La Lemire, formerly of Louisville Mail High School. Um, go Bulldogs, by the way. Um, but nonetheless, um, so you have that connection right there. So this is a player that obviously the Cardinals coaching staff has probably seen play quite a few times considering the fact that they've seen Kayla play, watching Kayla play. So, you know, it would make sense here if Louisville was interested that they would you know, reach out pretty quickly because they've seen him play quite a ton. So um, this is one of those instances where it really shouldn't surprise you at all that the Cardinals are interested because, number one, guard play, hey, uh, this program is going to need guards after next year. Um, there's a possibility that L. Ellis could come back for his final year of eligibility in 2023, but I, I honestly think that there's a good chance he could definitely go to the NBA with a solid season. But nonetheless, outside of that, you're still looking to add more guards um, You know, in, in the 2023 class. You have one commitment, one commitment right now. That's Caleb Glenn. He is um, obviously a small forward, but uh, Gibbs Lawhorn listed as a combo guard, 6'1", 165. The main thing that impresses me about him is his ability to you know, penetrate uh, toward the basket and um, finish around the rim. That's something that... Um, I have been very, very impressed with in terms of watching him in highlight tapes and on film and, and watching the Indy Heat play in person is the fact that he does a great job of getting to the rack. Um, he plays bigger than six foot one because of how well he is able to absorb contact and still finish through contact. And that's something that, you know, um, he is able to create separation with solid ball handling. Uh, has a very um, kind of low-key change of pace to where it's almost like a it's like a twitchy move to where he's able to um, accelerate and decelerate kind of very quickly but subtly as well but it creates separation and it allows him to get into the lane he's quick um, does a very very good job of uh, adjusting after absorbing the contact and finishing you know making some tough shots um, also has um, a very crisp handle to where he's able to um, you know be able to work it into creating his own jump shot does a good job of you know um, catch and shoot off the dribble creating his own shot from the outside um, and also has shown flashes of being a solid facilitator as well I think that at this point he's probably more so a scorer uh, but definitely has the tendencies of being a, a solid facilitator uh, will need to Add some more weight at the next level, being you know six one hundred and sixty five pounds. Um, so you know could be a little bit uh, trouble you know defensively speaking, but I think that that's kind of the least of my concerns for Gibbs Lawhorn. Um, just overall solid in, in all facets uh, of the offensive half court. Uh, good in transition, like I said, he's very quick. Uh, but uses that 6'1 size to his advantage. Like if you were to watch him play, he doesn't seem 6'1. He, he kind of, um, the way that he finishes through contact, it's kind of like a 6'3, 6'4 type of vibe that that you get when you watch uh, Dre Gibbs Lawhorn because of that control ar around the rim, the uh, efficiency around the basket as well. So um, just one of the things that I kind of picked up on when I watched him play 
was just his ability to get downhill and get to the rack and just how how tough it was for individual opponents to stay in front of him. But overall, um, this is a recruitment that I think Louisville has its work cut out for them. Um, Indiana, Michigan State, even Purdue, Gonzaga, all these programs are going to be tough for the Cardinals to compete with, um, but the Cardinals do have playing time possibly to offer in 2023. Um, and, you know, like I said, Nolan Smith having some solid player development within the staff. Um, I think that, you know, there is a chance that Louisville could definitely get um, pretty involved in this recruitment, but I'm not necessarily sure, um, you know, kind of the, the possibility of you know, ultimately him landing in the Derby City. So we will kind of um, keep that in mind and monitor that situation as the as his recruitment um, continues to progress. So um, before we head into the weekly mailbag, let's talk about our friends over at Bet Online. BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all of your betting needs. Find all of your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. Find reviews and news of every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, golf, and esports. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all of your sports wagering info. From live in-game betting scores and podcasts, head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action, bet online where the game starts. Hey, Cardinal fans, thanks again for making Locked On Louisville your first listen of the day. Just a reminder the show is free on all streaming services, including YouTube, five days a week, your team every day. Got a couple solid questions for this um, edition of the mailbag segment. Um, first question is. How big are the returns of Garrett Schmelz and Tate Keener? Um, for those who don't necessarily watch baseball a lot or hadn't heard, um, two veteran pitchers, Tate Keener and Garrett Schmelz, both returned or both, excuse me, both announced over the past week that they would be returning to the Cardinals program for the 2023 season, which is big news. Keener was one of the biggest bullpen arms. Um, for the Cardinals, Garrett Schmelz was also in the pen, uh, started some games um, in the postseason. Both of those guys are uh, veteran arms that Dan McDonald relied upon a lot. So needless to say, it is a huge uh, piece of news that both of these guys are back. Not only the fact that one of these guys are back, both of these guys are back. So you have that consistency. You have the reliable arms, it, you know, whether or not that um, you know, McDonald looks to go to Keener or, and or Schmelz for the starting rotation next year. I know that, you know, Keener was the Friday night starter to start the year, struggled and, and, and got placed into the bullpen where he was very solid. And then Schmelz kind of went back and forth, was a long reliever type of guy, uh, started some games, pitched very well in some opportunities in regional play. So um, I think that ultimately it's, it's a good problem to have, and it's kind of one of those things where we'll wait and see. But regardless, um, Dan McDonald's going to use Keener and Schmelz in, in big ways, regardless of what those roles look like. So uh, great um, news for Louisville, for a team that is looking to get back to Omaha. So um, next question is in the football side of things. Do you think that whoever gets buried down the depth chart at running back decides to transfer before – the season starts. I I don't think so. Partly because um, I, I don't necessarily think that the true depth chart is going to be decided by week one. 
I mean, we might have an idea, but um, it, it seems like it's going to be kind of the same aspect as last year is that Scott Satterfield is going to go with the hot hand. He's going to go with the matchups, um, certain situations. Um, so, I, I mean, maybe you see a guy transfer out before the season ends, maybe. But even then, I, I don't necessarily think that's the case because I think you're going to see, you know, Jalen Mitchell, Tyon Evans, Trevion Cooley, Joar Jordan all get solid, um, you know, um, workloads this season. Jalen Mitchell and, and Tyon Evans, it really doesn't make sense for those guys to transfer, you know, Jalen because he's, uh, you know, an upperclassman, Tyon because he could probably go to the NFL after this year. Um, maybe Travion Cooley or Joar Jordan, but I think that both of those guys are going to get solid you know, amounts of work this year too, to where it's like, it's like, what is the incentive to transfer before the season ends with the one-time transfer opportunity? I mean, maybe if you want to keep your red shirt, but I don't know why either of those guys would want to do that considering that they both get a COVID season and Joar Jordan, you know, has already maybe, I guess I didn't think about it. Maybe Joar Jordan would have to apply for a waiver possibly because he transferred Already, I don't know how that works, so I don't necessarily think that we're going to see any of the running backs transfer. Um, last question, which of the freshman wide receivers do you think make the biggest impact this season and why? So essentially there are three of them, Chris Bell, uh, excuse me, Chance Morrow, and Devon Mortimer. Uh, Mortimer's um, status is still kind of in the balance. We don't necessarily know whether or not he's going to be here for the season. Um, so I don't want to speculate there. So honestly, I I think if he were to um, if, if he were to come to campus and, and be a part of this team this year, like he, he is a decent amount behind in terms of um, being with the team and everything. So um Realistically speaking, it may take a while for him to see the field. So I'm probably I'm probably going to go with Chris Bell here. I think that Chance Morrow has got to add a little bit more weight to his frame. He does have good size to where he could be a red red zone, um, you know, um, target. But I think that Chris Bell. I mean, in in the pictures that I've seen, he looks absolutely. Um, I mean, he looks jacked. Like he looks like buffed up. Um, so you know, the frame is there, and his film is very very impressive. The rankings kind of don't necessarily match up to the film and to the offers that he received kind of toward late signing day. Um, so I think that he could be a guy that you know kind of steps in and, and plays a role kind of similar to Seth Dawkins did throughout his Louisville career. So I'm going to go Chris Bell here. Um, so, yeah. Uh, but that's going to be all the time we have for the mailbag segment. Um, I'd like to get some more questions so I could kind of answer some more. So you can definitely hit me up in my personal Twitter and in the graphic below. The Locked on Louisville Twitter page is at LO underscore Louisville. Um, thanks again for making us your first listen of the day. Be sure to check out Locked on ACC. No better way to get your conference news than checking out that podcast hosted by Candace Cooper on whatever streaming service you use. But that's going to wrap up this Monday edition of the show. Everyone have a great day. We will see you right back here tomorrow.